we're just so grateful and so thankful that we're able to help people. Now, we thank you for your word that goes forth now. It does not return empty, but it encourages and helps those of us who will listen to it and put it into practice on a consistent basis. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people real loud said, Amen. Amen. Hey, greet one or two people, and then you can be seated. Praise God. All right, let's go in our Bibles now to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. The Apostle Paul, under the direction of the Spirit of God, but yet he writes and he says here, and this is near the end of his ministry, right, right, Right near the very end of his earthly ministry. 2 Timothy 4, 7. The Apostle Paul writes and he says, I fought the good fight. Well, the good fight's one you win. And then he says, I have finished the race. So he finished, didn't he? I have kept the faith. I have finished the race. Now over the past several weeks... We've talked about survival and uh, the Bible, way to survival, and we've said many different things. But today we're going to conclude this topic with talking about survival, never quit. Survival, never quit. You know, we will survive if we make a decision to never give up and quit. Now, you have to get that through your, your, your thinking and into your being that we will survive if we make a decision that we will not give up and we will not quit. No matter what the devil throws at us, we are not going to give up and we are not going to quit. We're not giver-uppers and we're not quitters. Amen? Amen? John Osteen, John Osteen, that excellent, excellent minister of days gone by who has since gone on to be with the Lord. He lived in Texas and he said this. He said, if I moved east one mile every time I wanted to quit, I would be living in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Now there's a wonderful, fantastic minister who has touched the world and he wanted to quit so many times that if he moved east one mile every time he wanted to quit he'd be living in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean he didn't give up and quit I'm glad he didn't give up and quit now this morning I want to talk about who I think to be the greatest survivor of all time the Apostle Paul a man who God used to write approximately two-thirds of the New Testament a man who perhaps had more opportunities to quit than anyone else, yet he did not quit. He finished his race for God, as we read. And in finishing his race, he accomplished perhaps more to further the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ than any other person who has ever lived. I'm glad he didn't quit. 
All you have to do is look at the New Testament and realize two-thirds of it wouldn't be there if he'd have quit. And he had perhaps more opportunity than anybody else to give up and quit, but he never did. Now, when you think of the Apostle Paul, you need to realize that he entered into the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ at, at a young age. Remember when they stoned Stephen and he was standing there? His name was Saul at the time. And he stood there and he, he, he uh, held the coat, so to speak. He watched over the clothes of the people that were stoning Stephen. And the Bible called him a young man. Saul, who later became Paul, uh, called him a young man. So he was fairly young because sometime after that, you know, on the road to Damascus, he got saved and made Jesus the Lord of his life and then became Paul. So he was a young man when he entered into the ministry of the Lord Jesus. And then later on, near the end of his life, in the book of Philemon, he writes and he calls himself an old man, an old man or an elderly man. So Paul, you need to realize that he started in the ministry at a fairly young age and he, he died, yes, he died at the hands of Nero as Nero had him beheaded. And then as I study it out, Paul didn't go out until he was ready to go out. You know, we don't die on the devil's terms. We go out when we choose in accordance with the Spirit of God. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Is that right? And I could teach you a whole message on we have a lot more to say about when we, when we die than what a lot of people think. But Paul, what I'm trying to get across to you is he, he was in the ministry of the Lord Jesus for a long time. Much of his life. And he had every kind of opportunity to quit that you can imagine, but he never did. Now... If you would, in Acts, the ninth chapter, I just want to look at some of the pivotal points in Paul's life when he had good reason to quit, but he never did. Notice in Acts, the ninth chapter, and the 20th verse, immediately, now this is immediately after he had gotten saved, after he gave his life to the Lord Jesus, and, you know, his name was Saul and then later became Paul. So immediately after he gets saved, he preached the Christ. He preached Jesus. You know, the minute we get saved, we ought to really become a soul winner. Is that right? And so immediately he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul, and that's Paul and Saul, same person, Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Now after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. That makes some people want to quit. He didn't quit. But their plot became known to Saul and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Think about that. Having people watching the gates seeking opportunity to kill you. Both day and night. Good opportunity to quit. He never did. And then the disciples took him by night, let him down through the wall in a large basket. And then in verse 26... 
And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, now watch this, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. Look at that. He tried to go to church and they wouldn't let him in. Boy, if there was ever a time to think about quitting, that might be it right there. But he didn't quit. And then in verse 27, but Barnabas took him. Now remember that name, Barnabas. Don't forget him. Because he was a a good man. His name means son of encouragement. He was an encourager. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road. And that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So, So he was with them at Jerusalem coming in and going out. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists. But they attempted to what? To kill him. Another opportunity to quit right there. Paul might have been thinking, you know, since I've made Jesus the Lord of my life, everybody and their brother wants to kill me. Opportunity to quit. He didn't quit. And then verse 30 says, When the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus. And then some time goes by and... And in the process of time, Barnabas goes to Tarsus seeking Saul and they wind up back there in the church, you know, in Acts the 13th chapter. And if you would, turn to Acts the 13th chapter and you can read there how, you know, the the Holy Spirit sent Paul and Barnabas out. And actually this is known as Paul and Barnabas' first missionary journey. Notice Paul and Barnabas were ministry companions You need to remember that Paul was given the lead role by God and Barnabas was there as Paul's chief assistant. You need to remember that. Paul and Barnabas, you can read there in Acts 13 how the Holy Spirit sent them out, out of the church onto the first missionary journey. And it's interesting as you read, and you can read it sometime, that as they step out on the first missionary journey, they are met by an evil sorcerer who tries to stop their ministry. Another opportunity to quit. But Paul didn't quit. And actually, not only did he not quit, but the power of God was so strong in his ministry that that darkness fell upon that saucer and that saucer was left in the dark. Listen to me. If we refuse to give up and quit... Those attacks of the enemy that are coming against us to try to get us to quit, if we'll just refuse to give up and quit, we will leave at the power of God the devil in the dark. Can you say amen? Amen. The devil will work overtime trying to get each and every one of us to give up and quit. Is there anybody in here besides me that ever wanted to give up and quit? You see, but we don't give up and quit. And when we make that determination to not give up and quit, the power of God will rise up and leave the devil confounded and leave the devil in the dark. And then we move to Acts, the 13th chapter. Well, we're already there. You can drop on down to verse 50, if you would. Let's drop on down to verse 50. And, and, and as before I read this, over in the Corinthians, Paul talked about a thorn in the flesh. Paul talked about a thorn in the flesh, a messenger, a messenger of Satan sent to hinder him. How many remembers that thorn in the flesh? And some people think it was sickness or disease, this, that, or the other. But it wasn't sickness, it wasn't disease. I'm convinced that we're about to read what that thorn in the flesh was. 
Notice Acts 13, verse 50. But the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city, and they raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. Think about that. Religious people, people that really should have been working with the Apostle Paul to help him further the gospel of Jesus, these religious people are going about and stirring up devout men and prominent men and women of the cities that Paul was going to go to to raise up persecution against him. And even to the point that they'd kick him out of town. Religious people. You know, I I tell you what, I've been in the ministry a long time and I can honestly say that I have not yet one time run into a sinner. You know what I mean by a sinner? A person from the world. I've never run in one time to anybody that we would call a sinner that has ever discouraged me and wanted me to try to make me quit. But I've run into numerous Christians, what we think of as religious people, you know, that will hinder and say things and do things, people that really should be working with us to try to help us, but yet they fight against and try to get you to give up and quit. And these Jews, you know, were religious people that should have been working with the Apostle Paul, but instead they're fighting against him and they're stirring people up against him and raising up persecution against him and expelling them from their region. You know, that was reason right there for Paul to want to give up and quit. But you know what? He didn't give up and quit. Can you say amen? Let's read in verse 51 what he did. He shook off the dust from his feet against them and came to Iconium. Do you see that? He didn't quit. What did he do? He just shook off the dust from his feet against them, came to Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Listen, friends, verse 52 is why we don't give up and quit. We don't give up and quit because there's other people out there that we need to be used by God to encourage them and to bring the joy of the Lord to them. Can you say amen? See, every time I've wanted to give up and quit, I was... I was inward-minded, thinking just about myself. But I tell you what, we don't give up and quit. You know why we don't give up and quit? We don't give up and quit because there's other people out there that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's other people out there that need to hear about the joy of the Lord. There's other people out there that need to hear about the healing power of God. There's other people out there that need to hear about the baptism with the Holy Ghost. Is that right? So we go on, if for no other reason, because we want to keep helping people. And then we go over to Acts, the 14th chapter. God had just used the Apostle Paul to bring a healing miracle onto a crippled man. And you would think that everybody would be excited about that. But no, here again in verse 19, we have the religious people. The Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Now, if there was ever a time to give up and quit, that would have been it right there. 
And again, it was the religious crowd that was causing all the problems. It wasn't the the sinners, so to speak. It was the religious crowd. And they made it their business to try to hinder the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and to try to hinder the ministry of the Apostle Paul to the point that they stoned him and drug him out of the city. Now, if that's not a thorn in the flesh, I don't know what is, supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, Paul rose up. Now, now you know what? I mean... Most people, maybe I would have rose up and considered, you know, just raise up from the dead and considered this is a good time to quit. Huh? Huh? What do you think? He he rose up and what did he do? He went into the city. Well, that takes some tenacity there, doesn't it? He, He rose up, he got up, dusted himself off, so to speak, went into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas. See, he's still with Barnabas. Departed to Derby, and when they had preached the gospel there, why do we get up and go on? Because there's other people that need to hear the gospel. Why don't we give up and quit if for no other reason that there's other people to reach with the goodness of God? And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, what if Paul would have decided to just stay in the dust and quit? Well, many disciples wouldn't have been made. But see, he made a decision, I'm not going to give up and quit. And he went on and preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples. They returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. Notice verse 22, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith. Not only did he refuse to give up and quit, but he got up and he went around strengthening other people, encouraging them not to give up and quit. Boy, this is a man that I like this guy. This is the kind of guy I want to buddy with, the Apostle Paul. He's not going to give up and quit. And in fact, he's going to, when the devil knocks him down, he's going to get back up, stand in the love of God, and go right on strengthening other people and exhorting them and telling them, hey, don't give up and quit. This is not an hour to give up and quit. This is not an hour to retire. This is an hour to refire. Can you say amen? I tell you what, my fire is burning hotter than ever. Glory to God. We've got people to reach with the goodness of God. Glory to God. And notice he said, we must through many tribulations enter into the kingdom of God. Well, there may be many tribulations. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Bible says the Lord will what? Deliver him out of them what? Them all. Can you say amen? Glory to God. And then in Acts the 15th chapter, We come over there and in verse 36, we're just looking at opportunities that the Apostle Paul had to quit and he didn't. Look at Acts, the 15th chapter and the 36th verse. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas. Now God had put Paul in charge and Barnabas was his chief right-hand man assistant. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined. Notice he was determined. That means Barnabas wanted to do something his own way. 
Now, Barnabas was a good man. He was known as the son of encouragement. There was a day he greatly helped the apostle Paul, but you need to realize that God had put Paul in a position of responsibility. But verse 37, Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Now let's stop here just a moment and go back in time. When they went out on their first missionary journey, they came to Pamphylia and Mark was, uh, he, he forsook them. Now that would have been an opportunity for Paul to want to give up and quit. But he didn't give up and quit. The work was hard. The work was difficult. It's the work of the ministry. And this young man named Mark, sometimes called John Mark, departed, with them, departed from them because it was too hard. And it was hard. And, and, and Mark did, did give up and quit. Now we find out later that at a later time we see that Mark was profitable again for ministry. Isn't it wonderful to know that if we do at some point give up and quit, we can repent and get back in the race. Amen? But that would have been discouraging to Paul when Mark walked away from him back in the first journey. Now they're getting ready to start the second journey and Barnabas is determined to take Mark and Paul insisted that they should not take him along. And in verse 39, now watch this, the contention became, notice contention became so sharp. That's between Paul and Barnabas. The contention between them became so sharp. Now you see, God had put Paul in charge. Barnabas was a good man. He was his right hand, Paul's right hand man. He disagreed with Paul. And the contention between them became so sharp that they parted from one another. And Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. And there's Paul standing watching Barnabas and Mark sail off. Now don't you think that was discouraging to Paul? Don't you think maybe Paul possibly thought about quitting right there? Was an opportunity to quit. I've just, I've just lost my right hand assistant. I just lost this wonderful man. I just lost this guy. And, and, and Mark's, Mark's gone too. What an opportunity to quit. But you know, look at verse 40. Look what Paul did. He didn't give up and quit. Notice what he did. He chose, who did he choose? Who did he choose? He chose, he chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God, and he went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. You see, he didn't give up and quit because Barnabas walked away from him. He chose somebody else, and he went right on and did the will of God. Can you say amen? Amen. I don't care who walks away from you. I don't care who walks away from you. I don't care, maybe it's a lifelong friend, maybe it's somebody you've known for years. If you're doing the, I tell you what, if you're doing the will of God, if you're serving God, you need to get ready because people will walk away from you. But listen to me, when they walk away from you, guess what? When Barnabas walked away from Paul, there was a man named Silas. Real loud, say, Silas! Silas! I'm so glad for Silas. It wasn't time for Paul to give up and quit. It was time for him to choose somebody else and go on with the plan of God. 
And that's exactly what he did. He didn't give up and quit. He chose Silas. If you study it out, it was very supernatural, really, the way God had Silas set up and right there for Paul to choose. How many of you know God knows all things, doesn't he? How many of you know that God knew that Barnabas was going to walk away from Paul? Is that right? And how many of you know that God had Silas there waiting for Paul? Now, Paul could have given up and quit, but he didn't give up and quit. He chose Silas and he went right on and did the very thing that God had called him to do. It's interesting to note that after this, you don't hear any more about Barnabas in the Scripture. Except Paul mentions him one time in a very nice way. What do we learn? That Paul didn't hold a grudge against Barnabas. Paul walked in love toward him. Amen. And also we see later, we'll read it here in just a moment, where Paul, uh, he, he walked in love toward Mark. And near the end of his ministry, he said, send Mark to me. He's profitable to me. Listen, when people walk away from you, don't, don't, don't be hateful and mean. Stay in love. Walk in love. Pray for those people. Walk in love, but don't give up and quit. Know that God will have a Silas for you, and you choose Silas, and you go right on with the plan of God. And you know what? Not only that, but Paul completed, listen to this, Paul completed approximately two-thirds of his ministry after Barnabas walked away from him. Now, what if Paul would have quit when Barnabas walked away? Two-thirds of this wonderful man's ministry, we wouldn't have, it wouldn't have happened. Listen, we have many opportunities to give up and quit. We don't give up and quit. Yeah, but pastor, I'm at the end of my rope. Then do what somebody told me one day. Tie a knot in it and hang on. You hear me? And you keep doing what God has told you to do, no matter, I'll say it, come hell or high water, you hang on to that vision that God has planted in your heart. Can you say amen to that? And just have the tenacity. Don't give up and quit. I don't care what the devil throws your way. You just be like the Apostle Paul and hang on. And yeah, but so-and-so walked away. There's a Silas out there. Grab a hold of Silas and go right on with the plan of God. Don't hold any grudges. Don't hold anything bitter. Just walk in love. But don't give up and quit. Choose Silas and go on. Amen? Praise God. And then we come over to Acts, the 16th chapter where Paul had just cast a demon out of a slave girl, out of a fortune teller, you know. And you'd think everybody would be rejoicing. But we see in Acts 16.22, the multitude rose up together against them. That's against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. I wonder what was going through Silas's head right here. I join up with this guy. He cast a demon out of a fortune teller and now I'm getting beat up. You know Paul got beat up a lot. Why am I teaching this? Because I believe we can be encouraged by this. He did something good. You can read up above there in Acts 16. He cast a demon out of a fortune teller. You'd think everybody would be rejoicing. But when he cast that demon out of that fortune teller, the men that were, was using that fortune teller to make a living, they lost their living. You know, Paul did that again and again. He'd go into, he went into one place and, and really shut the whole town down because uh, he brought Jesus to them and they quit serving the, the goddess Diana and started serving Jesus and all of the, 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 the silver makers or whatever that made those idols, they lost their job. 
Well, you know what? We ought to be going around putting the devil out of work. Is that right? Is that right? But, but you see, when Paul would do these things at the direction of the Spirit of God, it would upset the devil, and then he'd stir people up. People would get upset. And in this case, they commanded them, verse 22, to be beaten with rods. And when they laid many stripes on them, that means they beat them up, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison, which was worse than the outer, and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now, friends, if there's ever a time to start grumbling and complaining and give up and quit, this would be another time. Hey, I just did something good. I helped some girl out and cast a demon out of her, and now I'm sitting in jail beat up and bleeding. What a time to quit. But notice at midnight, verse 25, Paul and Silas, they weren't grumbling and complaining and thinking about how they were going to get out of serving Jesus. No, what are they doing? They're praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Why don't we give up and quit? Because there's other people that's bound by the devil listening to us and watching us and we got to help them. What's it going to do to them if they see us quit? And suddenly there was a great earthquake. See, some people short stop just a day short of their suddenly. Don't stop just a day short of your suddenly. Don't give up one hour short of your suddenly. If you don't give up, eventually suddenly it'll come and there'll be a great earthquake, so to speak, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed and the keeper of the prison awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas and he brought them out and said sirs what must I do to be saved why don't we give up and quit because there's going to be somebody out there that's going to say what must I do to be saved and we need to be there to say believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved in your household glory to God that's why we don't give up and quit because there's people need to hear that and if we give up and quit they won't be able to hear it through our mouths And then verse 32, he spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. Aren't you glad he didn't give up and quit? And then in verse, in chapter 20, go to Acts 20 verse 22. Acts 20 verse 22. And see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Think about that. How many wants to hear that from the Holy Spirit? How many would rather hear, you know, uh, wonderful blessings are up ahead? But no, the Holy Spirit's saying to Paul, you need to go to Jerusalem and hey, by the way, chains and tribulations are waiting for you there. If there's ever a time to quit, maybe that's a good time to quit. When, when, listen to me, when the Holy Spirit is telling you that there's trouble ahead, maybe that's a good time to quit. No, we don't give up and quit. Why is the Holy Spirit telling Paul that? To get him ready so that when he gets there, he'll have the strength and nothing's going to catch him by surprise and he'll have the strength to stand in that hour when the tribulations and the chains hit him, you see. 
It was the will of the Spirit of God for him to go to Jerusalem. He said, I go bound in the Spirit. The Spirit of God wanted him to go. And you can study it out. Many people tried to talk him out of going. And people even tried to prophesy him out of going. Listen, you need to be moved by the Spirit of God, not somebody's prophecy. Can you say amen? Find out what God wants you to do and then grab a hold of it and then don't be moved by, by no matter, don't, don't be moved. When you know what God's told you to do, you hang on to it. And the Spirit of God might even be telling you that chains and tribulations, tough times await you, but you know what? If it's the will of God for you to be there, that's where you want to be. I tell you what, I'd rather be in the middle of the will of God with chains and tribulations than out of the will of God in what we might think is blessing. Did you hear me? We can't afford not to be in the middle of the will of God. And if we give up and quit, we'll stop being in the will of God. I don't want to give up and quit. We're not going to give up and quit. There's no reason to give up and quit. We're strong and getting stronger, praise God. Amen. Chains and tribulations await me. But he didn't give up and quit. He didn't. He went right on. And the Spirit of God encouraged him. And he went into Jerusalem. And there was great ministry there and thereafter. Praise God. And then we go to Acts 28 verse 3. Remember in the process of time on the, on the sailing to Rome. You know, Paul was... Uh, there was a shipwreck and we won't go through all of that. You know, in the middle of that, that storm, some people might have been thinking, well, you know, it, it was time to give up and quit. No, Paul was praying in the night. Don't give up and quit. Pray in the night and get, get direction from God. Amen? But, but there's a shipwreck and they came up on this isle called Malta. In ver- Acts 28, verse 3, then, then when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, because it was evidently cold or whatever, and he gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper, a serpent came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Now, wouldn't that be a time to give up and quit? I just made it through that storm and that shipwreck, and now I went to get a bunch of sticks, and now I've been snake bitten. Another time to give up and quit, to at least think about it. And when the native... Now notice, why don't you give up and quit? Because there's natives going to be watching you. There's going to be natives that need to hear about Jesus. And what if we start grumbling and complaining and give up and quit? What's it going to do to them? So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, and you've got to get over what they're saying. They're always going to be saying something. And most of the time we don't even know who they are. They said to one another, no doubt, this man is a murderer. Now they don't even know who he is, who Paul is, but they've already decided, they've got it all figured out. He's a murderer whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. (laughs) Well, that might be a good time to quit. No, that's a time to do what Paul did. He shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. He shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. I said he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. Real loud, say, shake it off. off. Say it again. Glory to God, shake it off. We don't give up and quit. We shake the attack of the devil off and we move right on with the plan of God. 
Glory to God. He shook it. Say it again. Shake it off. Yeah, he shook it off into the fire. He suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. (laughs) That's what they're thinking. But after they looked for a long time, see, they were expecting him to fall down and die. But after they looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said he was a God. You know why we can't go by what people are thinking or what, by what people are saying? is because most people are fickle. They'll change your opinion as, as often as you change your socks or as often as the wind changes direction. We're not moved by what people think. We're not moved by what people say. We're moved by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Can you say amen? Glory to God. And if we get bit by the devil, then bless God, we shake it off and we go right on with the power of God and they'll be watching, waiting for us to die. But no, we don't die. We just keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and blessing more and more people. Glory to God. Amen. (laughs) And then in 2 Corinthians 11, go over there. Verse 23, just in case I miss something. 2 Corinthians 11.23. 2 Corinthians 11.23. We'll pick up midway through the verse. These are, this is known as the perils of Paul. In labors more abundant. This is what he went through. He sums it up for us right here. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequently. In deaths oft. From the Jews five times I received forty stripes minus one. They beat him up a lot. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. We read about that a while ago. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. Look at that. Stranded at sea. In journeys off. Perils of waters. Perils of robbers. Perils of my own country. Perils of the Gentiles. Perils in the city. Perils in the wilderness. Perils in the sea. Perils among false brethren. In weariness and toil. Sleeplessness often. Hunger. Thirst. Fastings often. In cold nakedness. My God, he had a lot of opportunities to give up and quit. But he never did. And then besides all these other things, what comes on me daily, the deep concern for all the churches. Oh, that's why we go on. That's why we don't give up and quit because we're concerned for other people. And we don't give up and quit because God wants to use us to help people. And if we give up and quit, he can't use us anymore. And then we go to 2 Timothy 4, 9. 2 Timothy 4, 9. As Paul is right at the end of his life, he's writing to Timothy right before Nero has him beheaded just sometime shortly before that happens. 2 Timothy 4, 9. Notice he says, Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica. Listen, all of us in our life as we live, whether you're in the ministry or whether you're not, most people aren't in the ministry. I don't care whether you're in the ministry or not. You're going to have people that forsake you. You're going to have friends and, and friendships that you thought you had that, that they maybe they weren't what you thought you had. And you're going to have people walk away from you and leave you and, and forsake you. And that's a time that you might think about quitting. But dear friends, that's not the time you quit. That's the time you start looking for Silas. And then he says 
He reads on and then, and then, and then in verse 11 he says, Only Luke is with me. Only Luke is with me. Paul must have felt very lonely. Sometimes in those lonely hours, which we've all come to know, it's time that the devil plays with our mind and tries to talk us into giving up and quitting, but we don't give up and quit. Only Luke's with me. And then he says, get Mark and bring him with you, for he's useful to me for ministry. See, when people walk away from us, we walk in love towards them. But we don't give up and quit. We, we look for Silas. And then in verse 14, notice what Paul says. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. I wonder if Paul, when Alexander was doing him much harm, King James says he did me much evil. I wonder when Alexander was doing him much evil, if he ever thought about giving up and quitting. No, he didn't give up and quit. He said, may the Lord repay him according to his works. You also must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. Did you know there's some people you need to be beware of? Verse 16, at my first decree, look, or defense, at my, look at this. Verse 16, at my first defense, no one stood with me. Do you think that was a lonely feeling for Paul? I mean, at least at this time, he's, Luke, he's got Luke. But he says in verse 16, At my first defense, no one stood with me. All forsook me. What a lonely feeling. What a time to think about giving up and quitting. But he didn't. And then he said, May it not be charged against him. Isn't it interesting that up in verse 14, he prayed that Alexander, that the Lord would repay him according to his works. But here he said, May it not be charged against them. Why the difference in prayer? Because Alexander knew better. And these other people evidently didn't. You pray differently for different people. And then in verse 17, But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Real loud say, But the Lord Lord stood with me me and strengthened me. Now listen, dear friends, Alexander might do you much harm. And these other people in verse 16 that departed him from him and forsook him, though all may forsake us, look at verse 17, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Dear friends, no matter who forsakes you, no matter what friends walk away from you, listen to me, the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. Can you say amen? amen? And then he said, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me. Aren't you glad he didn't give up and quit? Because otherwise, we ought to just hold our Bible up and just say, thank you, Paul, that you didn't give up and quit. You know it? You understand? I'm glad he didn't give up and quit. Because we wouldn't have two-thirds of the New Testament. So I'm thankful to the man. I don't pray to the man. I pray to God. But it doesn't say, you know, Paul, I'm just thankful Paul didn't give up and quit. I'll put it this way. Thank you, oh God, that Paul didn't give up and quit. Amen. Let's say it. Let's say, thank you, God, that Paul didn't give up and quit. Amen. And then 
He said that all these people forsook me, but the Lord stood with me. The Lord strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that the Gentiles might hear. See, that's why you don't give up and quit is because if you give up and quit, then God can't use you to preach on the gospel. And then he says something interesting. He says, also, by by the way, I forgot to mention, so to speak, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. They fed Paul to the lions at one point. Remember back there in that day, they fed Christians to the lions? Paul was fed to the lions. What a time to think about giving up and quitting. But he didn't give up and quit. He went right on. Just like Daniel didn't give up and quit in the lion's den, but he continued on with Almighty God and the lions didn't eat him. Praise God. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the middle of the fiery furnace, they didn't give up, but they continued right on. Just like Noah, as he built the ark and people made fun of him, but he continued on with the plan of God. Just like Jeremiah, when he was sent to a people that God said, they're not going to listen to you, but go anyway. And he went and he preached and he didn't give up and quit. I'm so glad he didn't give up and quit. How about you? Glory to God. I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. Now look at this. I'm done, but I want to leave you with this scripture. Philippians 3.13. This is something you need to memorize and we'll close right here. Philippians 3.13. This is the survival scripture of them all. This is what you need to grab a hold of here. Philippians 3.13, brethren, I... Now, Paul was writing this and he said, I do not count myself to have apprehended. In other words, I'm, I'm, I hadn't got where I'm supposed to be yet, but I'm headed that way. God's still working on me. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. That's what we're going to have to do. If we're going to be able to be all that God wants us to be, we're going to have to be able to forget those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to forget those. We're going to have, first of all, we're going to have to realize we hadn't got there yet. We're still a work in progress. God's still working on us. I mean, we're just as saved as we're ever going to be right now because we know Jesus, but He's still working on us, sharpening us up. But we're going to have to forget those things which are behind and we're going to have to reach forward to those things which are ahead and press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Stand with me if you would in the presence of a holy God and let's pray together right before we're dismissed. Let's pray together right before we're dismissed. Now, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior... You've never repented of your sins and placed your faith in Him. Remember, there is a heaven above, there is a hell beneath. God doesn't want you to go to hell when you die. That's why He sent Jesus to the cross to shed His blood, to die and be raised on the third day. So if you're here today and you don't know where you stand with God, you don't know what would happen to you if you were to die. Before you leave here today, there'll be some men and women standing up here in the front. You come up and you get a hold of one of them. And you, you tell them, say, I need, to, I need, I need Jesus. And, and they'll pray with you and they'll lead you into a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can make Him the Lord of your life here today. Miss hell, make heaven. And besides all that, get the life of God imparted to you where things will go better for you. You won't have a rose garden. When you start serving God, that's when the devil gets stirred up. But you don't give up and quit. We move right on with God. Did you hear me?
you need healing in your body, you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, or you just need somebody to talk to, there'll be some men and women standing up here that you can get to after the service. But I want to just pray this with you. Let's, let's do something here. Because maybe there's some people here today that you're discouraged. You've thought about giving up and quitting for whatever the reason might be. I have been sent today by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God directed me to teach on this today. Because He wanted people to be encouraged. And so we're going to just pray. We're going to do what the Bible says. And we're going to stand on this scripture. Say this. Say, right now, I forget those things which are behind. I turn, go ahead, turn around and wave goodbye to them. Go ahead, just do it. Just turn around, wave goodbye. Wave goodbye. Now turn back around and look at me. Just wave goodbye to those things. We need to forget those things which are behind. Yeah, somebody walked away from me, Pastor. What do you do? You lovingly just wave goodbye and then you turn around and start looking for who? Start looking for Silas. Amen? Forget those things. Say, right now in Jesus' name, by faith, I forget those things which are behind. If I don't forget them, they'll hinder me and I'll never be all that God wants me to be. So I've waved goodbye to them. I do it in love. And now I turn and I press. I press toward God. And I look to the things that are ahead. I refuse to quit. And since I refuse to quit, I will survive. And I press toward God. And I'll fulfill the call of God. And since I will not quit, God will use me to bless a whole lot of people. I make that consecration today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, find three people, tell them you're not going to quit, and then you're dismissed. God bless you.